0: What's happening everybody? Mike Wilson, aka 25 coming back at you. Sports Reports is ordered. Up here watching some March Madness dropping in for another quick hit for y'all. So as we speak right now, I'm watching Maryland and Alabama Maryland with a 12-10 lead with about 10:36 left in the first half. On my phone, you know, we got UCLA and Northwestern. UCLA up 47-45 with about 10:09 left in the game. Northwestern just came back from nine points down. So, you know, we got some good basketball going on. It is March Madness. The madness is here. Speaking of madness, so I didn't get a chance to talk to you all last night, but let me back up for a second. The Purdue Bowler makers. do not if you will. So we make fun of Virginia because they keep losing in the first round. They were the first six or the first number one seed to ever lose to a 16 seed. We just saw them losing other years as the four seed to a 13. And lo and behold, they're not alone anymore because Purdue and Curtis Painter came through and messed it all up. Shot out in stand up New Jersey. So before I get to Purdue. I just want to put Seton Hall and Rutgers on notice. Princeton, Fairleigh Dickinson, and St. Peter's are letting y'all know that they run New Jersey. So y'all need to step your game up. Because if you remember, last year St. Peter's became the first 15 seed to ever make the Elite Eight. Now we got Princeton sitting in the Sweet 16. We got Fairly Dickerson playing FAU tomorrow for a chance at the Sweet 16. Rutgers supposedly was, you know, supposed to be a tournament team this year. Didn't get in. Got a one seed in the NIT. And what did they do? They went and lost to the pride of Hofstra. Hofstra University. You know, I don't know what to call this, but get your stuff together. So, Purdue... I shouldn't have to tell you this, but I feel like I have to say it because apparently you don't know it. You got a dude that's seven foot four. And he's supposedly gonna be the national player of the year, or at least he's in the conversation for that. Well get him the ball! He's seven foot four, and not only is he seven foot four, fairly dickerson. Is the shortest team in the country. They have the lowest average height in the country. So if you got a seven foot four dude, give him the rock, please. And Zach Edey, Mr. Seven Foot Four, don't be the Kevin Durant dude. Shout out to Easy Money Sniper. No beef, you know. But don't be the Kevin Durant dude. Just call for the ball. Say, give me the ball, and get the hell out of my way. Don't let these little freshman guards that I warned everybody about. I told you not to pick Purdue to go very far in your bracket because of these freshman guards. Now, I didn't know they were going to go out this early, but I knew they weren't going to go very far. So, with that being said, Purdue went on a three-minute scoring drought that ended with a minute and 23 seconds left in the game. Now, mind you... This is the number one seed. And just three weeks ago, they were gonna be the overall number one seed until they went four and four, as I told you, to close out the season before the Big Ten tournament. You know, so I mean some of us saw this coming. But FDU, once they went up one point with 307 left. It started getting real dire because I shouldn't have to tell anybody, you know, the later you get in the game, the later you let these teams hang around, the more confidence they get. Shout out to Alabama because Maryland's up 1413 right now, 850 left. So these next four to five minutes are going to be crucial. If Alabama can't put the hammer down, Maryland's going to go into halftime feeling really confident and that could be bad news. So we'll see what happens. Sean Moore. Big ups to Sean Moore. He scored the last nine points for Fairly Dickerson last night. So here we are. Setting it up for tomorrow. FDU. FAU. The winner gets to the Sweet 16. And if you're Tennessee, you're probably smiling a little bit. We'll get to them later. But you're probably smiling a little bit because Tennessee's waiting on the winner of that game in the Sweet 16. But Purdue, Curtis Painter. What do we do with this? You know, because I've seen you lose as the high seed here. You know, I saw you lose to Middle Tennessee State. I've seen you lose to Arkansas Little Rock. And now you lost to Fairley Dickinson. And oh by the way, a note about Fairley Dickinson, for those of you that do not know, they actually lost their conference tournament title game to Merrimack. Say it with me. Merrimack University, who has only been in division one for about two, three years now, and they're not even eligible to make the NCAA tournament. That's the only reason Fairley Dickerson even got in. Fairley Dickerson, you know, for years I was calling them Farley Dickinson, but at least I knew who they were. Most of y'all didn't even know who they were. But Merrimack should have had this spot, but that dumbass rule. That I've been complaining about for the last couple of weeks kept them out of the tournament and I love their response to it because their coach was asked about it and he said, hey, we beat those guys so we want them to win. You know what coach? I want them to win too, you know, but let's get to today's action. Missouri and Princeton. New Jersey, stand up. Princeton is in here. They're not just nerds. They can play a little basketball as well. So, what surprised me and what I took away from the game is the control that Princeton had throughout the game. So, not only did they play their pace and, you know, impose their will, so to speak, on Missouri, but they just whistled to whistle. They just took it to Missouri. And I think what shocked me going into the numbers here was that. They were plus 18 from three-point. Okay, maybe that's not that surprising. But what is surprising is they were plus 13 on the boards? Missouri, what are you doing? I just talked about Demoy Hodge and Kobe Brown, you know, in the last quick hits. About how they scored 28 of Missouri's 41 second-half points in their previous game against Utah State. Well, how did they do today? They went a combined two-for-nine in the first half. And finished the game combined 6-for-19 for 14 points. This game was never in question. You know, so congratulations, Princeton. Welcome to the Sweet 16. Hope you stay around a little bit longer. Kansas and Arkansas. Did you wake up thinking that we were going to see two one seeds go down the first weekend in consecutive days? Because I didn't, but I did forewarn you. I said that if Bill Self wasn't on the sideline, Kansas might be in trouble. Now, with that being said, up until about the five-minute mark left in this game, Arkansas tried every conceivable way to lose this game. You know, they were getting called for basket interferences. They had Kansas in the bonus with nine minutes left in the game. They were taking these crazy shots that only Kobe Bryant, rest in peace, should be taking. Every shot that they took was a tough shot for no reason. They made this game way harder than it had to be. You know, but shout out to Kevin McCowher, you know, from Kansas and Jalen Wilson because they had games as well. But Kansas, do me a favor. If you want to repeat as national champions, Make the front end of your one-and-one. They've missed two front ends of their one-and-ones, and and that allowed Arkansas to steal a little bit of momentum. Arkansas scored the first point in the game. Kansas scored the next 13. Arkansas didn't have a lead again until there was about 10 minutes and 30 seconds left in the second half. So that just goes to show you, Arkansas started one for 12 from three-point range, but then Debo Davis came. Devo Davis, he was knocking him out. Not Gervonta Davis, Devonte Davis. He came through with 25 points, 21 in the second half before he fouled out. And then Kansas just couldn't get it done in the end. Nick Smith, I brought him up the other day. Out of all the stuff that I told y'all the other day, this was probably the one that I got wrong because he was ineffective. He got benched. That ain't good for the NBA stock, but I think he'll be all right. But, uh, you know, Arkansas came. They didn't give up. They didn't quit. This is what you want to see. You get down early and you don't hang your heads. You just keep chipping away, chipping away. You know you're down 10 points. You're not going to take the lead with one shot. So you just have to play consistent over the course of a few minutes to put yourself in position to be able to take that lead. But Kansas, I would say you ought to be ashamed of yourself because you're the defending national champion, but you didn't have your coach on the sideline. Hope he's getting better with the stent in his heart. So Bill Self, look forward to seeing you on the sidelines next year, but it just wasn't to be tonight. You know, um, Norm Roberts had the guys ready, so I don't want to do that thing where – you know, just because Bill Self wasn't there, they weren't ready because they obviously played a great game for holding the league the lead as long as they did. They just couldn't finish it off when they needed to. So, you know, uh, Ricky Council missed the free throw, got the second, got the rebound and got fouled again. And then he went to the line and hit both of them. And KU missed seven free throws overall. But they couldn't miss the one they were intentionally trying to miss. That one got banked in. So, you know, Kansas has gone home. So we are guaranteed, guaranteed to have a new national champion at the end of this tournament. So that is exciting. Quick note. We got... uh. Okay, Maryland just scored. So the score is now 16-15 to with 6.57 left. See, Bama's playing with their food. You know, I just gave them credit the other day for not playing with their food. And here they are. Uh, UCLA's up 53-50 to on Northwestern with about 6.26 left in that game. So, you know, um, is this the game where the Jalen Clark injury is going to come back to bite UCLA? Because they had a double-digit lead and Northwestern chipped away. So we'll see how this game finishes up. Which brings me to Duke Tim Tennessee, Tennessee, welcome to the Sweet 16, and your reward is a game against the Florida Atlantic Fairly Dickinson winner, so you got to be licking your chops just a little bit. Now, before I even get started on this game, I have to say, you know, flopping, flopping has taken over basketball. You know, it's a, it's a pandemic. It's an epidemic. Whichever word you want to use, that's what it is. Both of these teams, Duke and Tennessee, were disgusting. They were disgusting. Falling all over the floor, flailing, throwing their arms up in the air. Now, generally, I expect that from Duke a little bit. But Tennessee is supposed to be the team that's a man's man. They're that old school Bob Huggins Cincinnati Bearcat. That old school John Chaney Temple. But what I'm afraid of is later down the road in this tournament, they're going to run into some referees that aren't going to allow them to beat up their opponent. Because Duke did get beat up now. They were flopping, but Duke did get beat up. You know, but bench points was the difference in this game. One of the differences in this game because Tennessee had 15 and Duke had two. Olivier Kamwa. Kamwa. I think I said that right, Kamwa. he had himself a game to the tune of a career-high 27 points. So he left his mark on this game. He left his mark on the Dew Devils, and John Shire's first year, unfortunately for them, ends on this kind of note because a lot of people had them going to the Final Four. And what did 2-5 say? 2-5 said Duke is getting too much hype. See, that's why I got the name 2-5, because I was the one going against the grain. They got way too much hype. Shout out to TCU. We'll see how they do against Gonzaga tomorrow. Duke with 11 turnovers. Tennessee with five. Jeremy Roach. I love Jeremy Roach. You know, he ended up with four fouls. Should have fouled out, but they didn't call the fifth foul. But, you know... So as I was looking to this, I was having a couple of conversations in my group chats and everybody just keeps saying like the luck, the luck. You just never know what's going to happen in March Madness. Tennessee is the perfect example of that because they finished the season six and seven in their last 13 games. And here they are in the Sweet 16, took out Duke, who won the ACC champion. So for all of you, including myself, who think that we are experts, we are not you know, it just depends on which team shows up on a given day. And today was Tennessee's day. So that's Olivier Kamwa. you know, Furman in San Diego State. So this is where I wasn't an expert, right? Because the other night I said, hey, there's no way Furman's is going to shoot this bad at two games in a row. And you know what Furman did? They shot even worse than they did the first time. So they shot 16 for 50 including 6 for 26 from 3-point range. So for you mathematicians out there, I did the math. That would be 32% and 23% respectively. San Diego State, on the other hand, shot 50%. And I'm going to tell you right now, if San Diego State is shooting 50%, they're going to be a tough out, including Alabama if they get their stuff together. Going into the commercial break, they're up 21 to 17 right now. UCLA with a 3-point lead with 345 left. But Furman... Don't hang your head. A lot of people didn't expect you to beat Virginia. I picked you, but a lot of people didn't expect you to beat Virginia. South Carolina, stand up. You know, y'all got some good teams down there. You know, hopefully the Gamecocks can come to the party next year. Houston and Auburn. Now, this was the one, right? This was the one, because I got Houston in the Final Four. You know, losing to Gonzaga, but... Woo, I'm trying to tell you. At halftime... I was one nervous little dude, because I was sitting there, and they were down by 10, and you look up, and you realize they were playing at Birmingham, and then you realize they were playing Auburn, which I still don't understand how a non-seed got this kind of home court advantage, or whatever the case may be, but that's neither here nor there. They they weren't good enough to pull it off. Because Houston is the better team, it just took Houston a long-ass time to figure that out too long if you ask me but you know the name of the game is win and move on so now Houston is waiting for the winner of Miami and Indiana tomorrow so we'll see how that goes I had to look at my bracket real quick but you know but um, Houston was down 10 at the half um, I was a little nervous not because Auburn was doing anything special But Houston's style of play, sort of like Tennessee, it lends you to these lulls and these scoring droughts, but you hang your hat on the defense, but Auburn was taking it to them. I think the crowd, you know, had a little bit to do with that. Auburn was feeling themselves. They were at home, basically. So I think they just thought this was their game to win. So so how does Houston respond? They responded like a champion. They came out of halftime on a 15-5 run in the first eight minutes. Then I looked up. Auburn was in the double bonus with 9:15 left in the game. But there's only one problem. So Auburn in this game shot 36 free throws. If I would have told you that yesterday that Auburn was going to get 36 free throws, you would have told me that they were going to run Houston off the court. One problem. They only hit 19 of them. Blame your damn selves Bruce Pearl This is your Calipari moment Get those dudes in the gym and practice some free throws You know, but um, I'm looking at this So Auburn at some point in the second half Went scoreless for a whole 10 minutes and 10 seconds You know, as I heard on CBS I'm going to steal this this phrase because I like it That is not the anatomy of an upset You know, you do not do that Houston also had four players with at least four fouls, including AAC player of the year, Marcus Sasser, who's back from the groin injury. He played against the Norse the other night. He only took five shots, so he was a little more active tonight, you know. So hopefully with this next couple of days of rest, he'll be at full strength um, for the Sweet 16 game. So in the second half as a whole, Houston outscored Auburn 50-23. to which is shocking to me, not because Houston's not that good, but Bruce Pearl is a great coach, and you don't typically see that happen to his teams. But Kelvin Sampson is also a good coach, and I mean, hey, it was just two years ago that Houston made the Final Four, so I mean, you know, Houston has this pedigree, he has this pedigree, like, they're the new UNLV, they just gotta finish their job. Playing in the week conference, nobody gives them any respect, Rodney Dangerfield style, You know, but they're going to have to go take it. And, you know, Miami and Indiana's winner is waiting. You know, we'll see how that goes. But when I was looking at this game, I just don't understand how Houston got down in the first place. Like, Auburn was just hitting some stuff. Like, as a Kentucky fan, I know what this means. Like, when we played South Carolina earlier this year, This team sees a name on a jersey and they have the game of their lives and start hitting shots that you've never seen them hit before. That was Auburn today. For that first half, they were in the groove. They were in the groove. And, you know, it took a superhuman effort from Houston in the second half. But, sidebar, I need these referees to chill. I need these referees to chill. Like, I swear the referees added an extra 20 minutes to the Kansas Arkansas game just with everything they were calling. And they probably added another 15 to this game. Like, you couldn't go a possession and a half, a possession and a half without fouls being called. Now, granted, some of them were fouls, but this is also March Madness. You got to let them play, you got to be consistent. Like you were letting Tennessee do in the second half. Because in the first half of the Duke game, there was some stuff going on. But the second half, they pretty much let them play. And then we saw what happened. So, you know. And then I just finished up with Texas and Penn State. Shout out to Penn State. You played your hearts out. It just wasn't to be. But Micah Shrewsbury. You hear that? Micah Shrewsbury. The head coach for Penn State. Now that they're out of the tournament, expect to hear his name mentioned with the Georgetown job. Expect a little bit of him. Expect a little bit of Ed Cooley from Providence because they, they got knocked out on Friday night. So I think those are going to be your two leading candidates since it seems as if Rick Patino is in talks to end up at St. John's. So Micah Shrewsbury or Ed Cooley are probably your front runners for Georgetown. But is it even worth Ed Cooley going to Georgetown from Providence? He's already built a program there. Maybe he's hit his ceiling there. But I'm just not a fan of the coaches going to their conference rivals, you know. just just not my thing. You know, if you're going to go for a job, go to a different conference, get out of there. But those are the two names that I expect to hear with the Georgetown job. You know, go Hoyas. You know, but down three. Penn State. Dumbest backcourt I ever saw in my life. So inbound pass behind half court. Next pass, the receiver runs across half court to get the ball. And that that was pretty much the game at that point, at that moment. You know, it was just one of those things where Texas just grabbed the momentum in that moment. And, you know, Penn State still fought, though. That was the story of this game was that Texas would just get out on a run. And then Penn State would just say, you know what? No. Mr. Pickett would hit a big shot, you know, everybody would come through, play some defense for a couple of possessions, and before you blink, that 10-point lead was down to three, so Penn State definitely played hard, you know, don't take anything away from them, they made it to the Big Ten title game this season, who... Saw that coming. Nobody. Not even me. Not even themselves, probably. You know, but right now, you know, we got a game here. You know, we got a game. We're down to the last two minutes. UCLA just got a block on Northwestern 59 to 56 with 156 left in counting. Tiger Campbell. The pass. UCLA for three. Bang! 62 to 56 now. So a minute 48 left. If everything holds up, looks like UCLA might get out of here with this one. And then awaiting UCLA is going to be the winner of that Gonzaga-TCU game that I mentioned earlier. So, TCU on Friday night. I talked about how overhyped they were. And they almost blew that game to the Sun Devils. So, you know, some of these teams, like, they have coaches. And, you know, when you when, when I'm picking my bracket, if I don't do anything else, I try to look at the coaches. Maybe not even necessarily the coaching matchup itself, but just the history of the coach. So, for example, I remember Jamie Dixon choking a lot at Pitt, where they were a lot of two and three seeds, and they would get knocked out first weekend or Sweet 16. They just never made it to the Elite Eight or got over that hump. So, when I look at Jamie Dixon, it's a little hard for me to expect that from his teams based on style of play and his history, but... If you remember last year, they took the number one seed, Arizona, to the brink, pushed them to their limit. But you know what that means, right? When you push them to their limit, that means you still lost. So, you know, so he came into this year. Everybody was on the TCU train. They went into Fog Allen. And they put something on the Jayhawks. You know, I'm talking about they had a word in their mouth that day. They put the beat down on the Jayhawks up in fog, which does not happen. So I think people just ran with that a little bit. So we'll see. You know, I might be eating my words, you know, but we'll see. You know, Gonzaga, I need you to come through for my bracket. You know, because I got you in the title game. So brackets are bursting everywhere because Purdue is gone. The defending national champion, Kansas is gone. Arizona is gone. So, you know, like brackets are busting. So hopefully your bracket is doing fine. You know, my bracket... Is doing okay, I guess, depending on what Alabama ends up doing tonight. Because I got them winning the national title over Gonzaga. So, right now, Alabama's up 26-17 to 17 with about 215. So, maybe they're starting to establish themselves and pull away a little bit. Their defense is stepping up. So, we'll see what happens. You know, I really like this Javon Quinterly guy for Alabama as well. You know, um, but another note. Everybody talks about how Steph Curry changed the game. And this wasn't even in my notes. This just came to me. You know, everybody talks about how Steph Curry changed the game. Everybody's shooting all these threes now. Maybe that's the problem. You know, Missouri, you know, maybe, you know, take advantage of Princeton a little bit. You know, maybe Purdue, take advantage of Fairleigh Dickinson a little bit. I understand that the three-point shot opens up everything else. But if it's not falling, it's not falling. And you got to do something. You know, I remember watching Houston The Rockets missed 27 straight threes in a game seven where they could have eliminated Golden State. You know, um, just, you know, take it to the hole, draw some fouls. All right, Northwestern's in the post. Turnaround jumper. No, Tiger Campbell with the rebound. He's pulling it down. 40 seconds left. UCLA is down four. I'll stick with you through the end of this game. So, here we go. Northwestern's in a position where they have to foul now. And if it ends here, same thing. Chris Collins... Shout out your university came out of nowhere to make it this far and to be a threat to get to the NCAA tournament. And you know it, my Wi-Fi just went out on my phone right there as I was trying to give you the commentary. Ain't that something? But, all right, we're back. We're back. So, you know, here we go. UCLA up four with 36.9 left inbounding the ball. You know, so Alabama's up here a minute 35 left into the half with a nine-point lead. So these are the last two games of the night, y'all. Before we get ready for tomorrow. Inbound to Tiger Campbell. Alright, he's fouled right away. So, speaking of tomorrow. I mentioned it a couple of times. Indiana-Miami. That should be a great game. I'm leaning Miami right now. I expect Trace Jackson Davis to have a big game for Indiana. But, you know, I think Miami, Isaiah Wong. I think he has something for them. You know, then we got Xavier and Pitt. Pitt took up my sweet 16 pick, Iowa State. You know, I like Xavier in that game. Just going off of the coaching matchup, uh, Jeff Capel's done a good job this year for Pitt, but Sean Miller is a great coach. So just going off of the coaching matchup, I think I think I'm gonna go with Xavier right there. Then we got UConn and St. Mary's. You know, so UConn. Remember what I said, right? Every time we get hyped about UConn, they lose, but not this time. I think they beat St. Mary's this time. So we'll see what happens. Um, Gonzaga, TCU. You already know how I feel about that. Coming to the other side of the bracket. We got uh, Creighton and Baylor, you know, so I need Creighton to win this game because they're in my Sweet 16. Um, I think they do. You know, Baylor started out a little shaky against Santa Barbara. You know, Santa Barbara's a good team, though. Creighton went down to the wire against NC State, who I didn't think deserved to be in the tournament. So that gives me a little cause to pause, if you will. But um, I'm going to stick with Creighton, you know, stick with my bracket. Then, you know, I'm looking around. Then we got uh, uh I'm sorry, FAU and FDU. So great story, FDU, but I think it's over now. You know, Cinderella's slipper didn't fit this time, so I think the owls are gonna come out with the victory there and go play Tennessee. All right, Northwestern's coming up the court to the basket under the hoop, spin move, hook shot. Oh, he got the bounce 64 to 60 with 23.3, and we have a timeout on the floor 26 21. Alabama over Maryland, 37.9 left in the first half. All right, back to the bracket. Then we got the main event. Well, at least for me, the main event Kentucky against Kansas State. Now, I didn't heard UK State players talking a lot of trash. I heard one particular person say. I'm not worried about Kentucky outside of Oscar. Because they were asked about Kentucky's defense. He said, I'm not worried about Kentucky outside of Oscar. Now, I'm the type of dude that doesn't think that bulletin board material is a thing. Like, it can get you amped up, but that only lasts for so long you still have to execute. But, you know, what I do know is... These dudes got to be seeing that, and they got to be licking their chops to get some of K-State now. You know, I think K-State is still good enough to beat Kentucky, you know, but I'm hoping I see something a little different because I just don't see how Kentucky's going to stop that backcourt. You know, Oscar Shibwe is going to be the only way, you know, to agree with Kansas State. You know, he only had eight points the other night against Providence, but he did have 24 rebounds. And if you can get me 24 rebounds, unfortunately, that means we were missing a lot of shots. But that means that you can control the ball. You can control the glass. So if Kentucky can control the glass, if Kentucky can minimalize Noel. They have a chance to win this game, you know, but for right now, I'm sticking with K-State because, you know, I had K-State all the way out to the final four. So if Kentucky does win that game tomorrow, then my bracket is busted. So, you know, all these games are just so exciting. You know, like I said the other day when I was talking to Raph, you know, if you're going to be wrong, be wrong during March Madness, you know, because you just get caught up in the moment. You love to see the stories. It plays out. It's my favorite time of the year. Oh, no, we got an injured player down on the ground for UCLA. I didn't see it, so I'm trying to see who this is. But, um, you know, you want to be wrong during March Madness because, like, when you were wrong about Purdue, you got to witness history. Now Virginia's not alone as the sole number one seed to lose to a 16th seed. So, you know, yeah, we got a player down. I can't see him right now as the coach is on top of him. You know, but there's still 20.3 seconds left. You know, UCLA waiting to pull this out and get to the next round. Survive in advance. Crowd's not looking good. You know, but I want to know. You know, hit me up on YouTube. Hit us up at sportsreport at gmail.com. A-O at gmail.com. The website is launch, S-R-A-O 23 dot com. We want to know your thoughts. I want to know how your bracket is doing. I want to know what you think of the bracket. So we got a commercial now. So, you know, we'll see what happens here. But, you know, I want to know what's going on in your bracket. You know, so in my bracket right now, I got Alabama against San Diego State. So San Diego State's already in the Sweet 16. So I got that matchup. I had Arizona against Creighton. So Arizona's gone, and we're waiting to see what Creighton does. I had Purdue (laughs) against Duke, so both of them are gone, so that Sweet 16 matchup is out of here. You know, I had USC upsetting uh, Michigan State and Marquette, so that didn't happen. So I got K-State left, and that's my final four pick from the East region. You know, then I look over at the Midwest. You know, I had Drake beating Miami, so that didn't happen. I had Houston against Drake, but... That didn't happen, so I still got Houston and uh, Utah alive. I'm sorry, uh, Texas, UT. I have Houston and Texas alive, so in my Elite Eight, with the right to go to the Final Four, which just happens to be in Houston. So I need that game. I need Houston and Texas, because they're going to be scratching and clawing to play the Final Four in front of the local fans, you know, but I have that matchup still alive. You know, then, you know, in the West, which I refer to as the region of death, well, we got the death, y'all. Kansas is gone. I had Kansas out to the Elite Eight, losing to Gonzaga. So, UConn, this is your shot now. You know, UConn can get in that game and play Arkansas, and we'll see what happens. But remember, Arkansas has made uh, two straight Elite Eights. So, you know, this is their third straight Sweet 16 with a chance to make their third straight Elite Eight. So, you know, Arkansas is not going to be a pushover, but UConn, you got to get there first. So, you know what I hope we don't end up with. For America's sake Is another St. Mary's Gonzaga game You know I mean it'll be a good game But you know I'm sure America doesn't want to see that Because America loves Cinderella Until Cinderella has a chance to win the title We're all good with opening weekend We're all good with Fairleigh Dickinson beating Purdue Because it was history But you don't want to see Fairleigh Dickinson in the Final Four I was here for George Mason I was here for VCU You can't lie to me You know uh, you know, but that's a lot further than college football gets. You know, college football doesn't want Cincinnati or teams like that anywhere near it. So, all right. So, UCLA 66 to 60 with 20.3 seconds left. You know, so we're, we're getting down here. Northwestern is going over some strategy right now. You know, um, so, you know, Alabama got the lead at halftime you know brandon miller with nine points on three of eight shooting you know he had a quiet game one may have been he may have tweaked something so that might have been the reason why he was a little quiet you know but he's back he's doing his thing right now guys are at halftime here we go northwestern bringing the ball up the court going all the way to the bucket ucla oh he missed the layup he missed the layup And there you go. Tiger Campbell going back to the free throw line. That man's been living there tonight. Oh, no. The city of Evanston. The city of Chicago. Oh. All right. Oh. Well, Tiger Campbell's going to the free throw line. Six-point game with 11.7 left. If he knocks these down, it's pretty much over. So here we go. First free throw, he's an 84% shooter, 10 for 10 for tonight, 11 for 11 now. As I told you, he's living at the free throw line tonight. All right, so he's got one more shot, 7-point lead now. All right, he's got some cool hair too, don't he? All right, here we go. Second free throw is up. Second free throw is good, 68-60 to with 11.7 left. So UCLA, don't foul Northwestern goes bully for three, and wouldn't you know they fouled him on the three pointer? <laughs> That's their Anthony Davis moment, I guess. You know, did y'all see that last night? Anthony Davis following Maxi Kleba on that three point shot. You, as a superstar, you just can't. I mean, as a player in general, you can't, but as a superstar, you just can't. And then, of course, we know that led to Maxi Kleba with the game winner for the Mavs over the Lakers last night. Alright, so Bowie's at the free throw line. Alright, first one is in. Sixty-eight to sixty one with seven point two left. Alright, here we go. Second free throw. Is in. Alright, one more because he got fouled on the three point attempt. Mick Cronin calling out some instructions. I'm sure he's beside himself on the inside after that dumb Dumb, egregious foul. Northwestern fans praying, you know. I wonder how many of y'all picked Northwestern to beat UCLA because of the injury and all that. So let me know. All right, all three free throws are good. Here we go to inbound. Walker Jr. on the pass. All right, ball pass half court. Uh, looks like they're just going to run it out. They didn't foul. So that's the end, guys. UCLA is on their way to the Sweet 16 awaiting the winner of Gonzaga and TCU. Selfishly, because you know how I feel about rivalries, I would love for UCLA and Gonzaga to match up just one more time. You remember the Jalen Sugg shot from a couple of years ago? You know, that uh, won the game when Gonzaga and Baylor played for the national title. That was a crazy shot from about 90 feet. So, you know, I would love to get that rematch again if I can. No disrespect to TCU. It's just what I want. But on that note, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for joining me for some tournament quick hits. Like, share, subscribe, send us a message, holler at your boy. You know, we're going to get this episode cranked out and out to you as well. So, you know, good things coming in the future for Sports Reports is ordered. Thank you for your support. And we love you, America. And we're out.